Hey everyone, and welcome into the Nolan Podcast. I'm Senior Digital Editor Noah Brown. We've covered the rollout of EV-exclusive services by several major quick oil and maintenance brands such as Jiffy Lube and Valvoline over the last several months, and now Full Speed Automotive is joining the ranks. Though an official program is still in early development, FSA is emphasizing versatility and full vehicle services to its franchisees and company-owned shops. Kevin Cormandy, CEO of Full Speed, joins the show today to talk about why the company thinks now is the time to jump into EVs and how he sees the car park evolving over the next several decades. In your time in the industry, has there been as big a change, a a seismic shift in the landscape as there has been with the introduction of electric vehicles? Yeah, nothing, nothing that I can, nothing that I can think of um, that has gotten the amount of attention from a, you know, both from a, a, a governmental approach, as well as just the, the, as it then pertains to vehicle manufacturers and uh, and the amount of of uh, coverage and notoriety, it, if it's if it's not um, been something you know that has uh, created the most attention, it's certainly up there in in the top the top three or so. You know the move the move to radialization um, in tires had had already begun when I joined, although you know the the further move to high performance and skew proliferation as as um, you know new new requirements and new new engineering advancements came in the tire business, I would say would be um, you know up there with with uh, um, the amount of interest and the amount of attention, although probably less for the general public. Um, and more for the the industry, the folks involved in the industry than um, than what we're seeing with the EV phenomenon. And the EV phenomenon, uh, as you mentioned, really isn't anything. It, it it's not new. I mean, electric vehicles and different variations of electric vehicles, such as as hybrids, have been around for quite some time. I mean, Toyota kind of introduced mainstream hi, mainstream hybrid vehicles with the Prius, you know, uh, at least a decade ago. Um, Right. Why now? Why is now the time that it seems to be sticking, that the public's attention is turned toward it, that uh, OEM's attention is turned toward it, and therefore, by extension, the aftermarket's attention has to be turned toward it as well? Yeah, I think, you know, I think a, a major driving point, Noah, stems from the amount of uh, of attention and um, and support, I'll say, from the federal government. Um, you know, with the types of, of standards that they're Im- Im- implementing with, you know, in conjunction with the whole um, green initiative for a more environmentally conscious um, society and, and, you know, less of, um, less of a, a polluting kind of a um, uh, a game plan or a goal to um, make us uh, a more carbon-free type of a uh, 
of an environment, global warming, all the things, you know, from an environmental standpoint that um, have grasped the attention and the focus of lots and lots of folks out there. I think that, you know, electric vehicles are seen as a, as a, um, a, a very substantial way to address a lot of those environmental issues and uh, um, drive us toward, you know, fewer carbon emissions and a, a, a more green planet with, uh, with impacts even to global warming that's gotten attention also. Mm-hmm. And because of that shift, there are a lot of sectors of the automotive aftermarket that, that should be fine, that will still need to adjust, but you know, drivers are still going to get in accidents. So collision, you know, they're still going to have work to repair cars. Um, general maintenance EVs, their drivetrains necessarily don't need the same maintenance that an ICE vehicle does, but they still need uh, tire services. They still need filter services. They still need some of that general maintenance. Uh, so those facilities are going to be fine. Quick Lube is in kind of a, an interesting situation where, the services that they provide are specific to ICE vehicles. So for a company such as yours, uh, with brands such as Grease Monkey and Speedy, what sorts of services are you planning to offer for EVs? What does servicing an EV as a quick quick lube look like to full speed automotive? Yeah, and and I, I guess I would say you know that they they are and they aren't. Um, you know, dramatically different. And, and, you know, the, the EVs still have a need for uh, many of the services that we provide beyond um, just changing the oil, right? Um, bulbs and bla- and wiper blades and, um, you know, address addressing the, the brake systems, although there are nuances to the way that, you know, brake systems are designed in the EVs, but tire rotation, um, um, pass- passenger compartment, um, air filters, um, and, and, you know, there are a number of services that we provide already in the, in the normal course for our, um, for our oil change customers that are, are certainly portable over to, um, you know, electric fully electric vehicles and and obviously when we look at the hybrid market um you know the fact that they've got an internal combustion engine that warrants even even more of our services oil change among them um you know continues to open that whole opportunity to uh to work on those cars and so you mentioned there it sounds like the days of of specializing are over where a, a quick lube facility can't just be a quick lube they, they can't just focus on oil change and really focusing on the entire vehicle and offering that multitude of services as you mentioned uh, it sounds like that's kind of the key for for survival and the key for for thriving in these these changing times is that correct yeah um i'll, I'll tell you from 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 the perspective of full speed and our I'll refer to our two more iconic brands of Grease Monkey and and Speedy. Um, it's always been that way, you know. The the Grease Monkey, um, the Grease Monkey brand is is certainly very well known for for not just changing your oil, but all the other services that I just mentioned, and being able to provide that as a convenience to our customers. You know, we 
we really want to provide a great experience where the customer knows that they can come to our Grease Monkey location or even a Speedy location, which I'll address here in just a second, and get those kinds of things taken care of in one stop um, with a you know a very thorough in- inspection of the vehicle for the things that we uh, the services that we provide and um, and not have to go someplace else for. Uh, wiper blades or someplace else because a bulb was out or someplace else because their their um, you know their brakes needed to be done or or there are certain fluid exchanges that the manufacturers are saying need to be done and they have to go somewhere else for that speedy takes that to the next level even in that you know their model goes beyond just quick lube um, the physical plant is a little bit bigger they've you know, Speedy's original name was Speedy Tuna, Speedy Oil Change and Tuna. And and so from their outset, they had a, um, more services that were ordered, offered in a Speedy location. So I, I just think from our perspective and, and the way our systems have been established, um, we've always addressed um, opportunities to um, help our guests with more than just a straight oil change. You know, nothing more frustrating uh, as a consumer than to go in, have work done on your vehicle, even if it's an oil change, and the next day after um, it rains and your wiper blades are just streaking like crazy. You know, the, the, the perspective from a customer would say, gee, I just had my car in. Um, I wish they would have caught that kind of a thing. So, so, as we take care of our guests as they visit our locations, you know, we look to review those things so that we can take care of them um, from a uh, from a convenience and, and an overall great guest experience standpoint. From the team that brings you auto service professional, Fender Bender, Modern Tire Dealer, Nolan, and Ratchet and & Wrench, comes the Adapt Automotive Technology Summit, a unique opportunity to learn directly from automakers and industry thought leaders on the shifting landscape of automotive technology. Held September 24th through 25th in Arlington, Texas, immediately following the Ratchet & Wrench Management Conference and immediately preceding the Fender Bender Management Conference, Adapt will feature leading voices in the industry, all discussing how shop owners like you can be prepared to handle the most progressive technology trends disrupting the industry. Register for ADAPT today. Use code PODCAST at ADAPTSummit.com for $400 off. We hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. If you are, we'd love it if you'd subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Check out ADAPTAutomotive.com for the latest on automotive technology news and industry trends. Now... Back to the interview. Over the last couple of months, Adapt Automotive has reported on a couple of different uh, quick lube brands uh, packaging some of their services and targeting EV drivers and and, and branding them as EV-specific services in in an effort to kind of change the perspective on their shops and get those EV owners in. Are there any plans that FSA has for something like that? Will there be like an EV-specific service package that you offer? And uh, if so, what might that look like? Yeah, you know, we're we're somewhat in the formulative stages of – of the marketing around that as well as the as the specificity of what that package would look like but as i as i mentioned earlier you know a lot of the services that we do today um for our 
for our internal combustion engine folks, as well as for our hybrid customers, are are certainly portable over to EVs. Um, I think there's a there's a marketing element that we need to develop that we have not yet, but we've you know we've talked about that that um, makes EV owners aware that we can take care of certain of those services. And as time goes on. Um, you know, we're looking to see what other kinds of services, is it battery replacement? You know, what else, what else can we do um, to endear those EV customers to our locations? And, and I think, you know, this, this may be something you'll touch on, but we also look at it in the perspective of, of um, focus and priority, right? When you, when you look at the car park today, um, of the what 280 plus um, million vehicles that are on the road today, um, probably what three tenths of a percent are full um, full EV out there. So we're we're certainly conscious and cognizant of the uh, of the the market and the planned growth for the market. And as any you know, as any forward thinking company would do we're addressing thoughts and ideas as to how we can participate um, more effectively with that population of vehicles as it evolves but we're also you know realistic enough to to recognize and understand that you know gosh today the bulk of the cars that are out there on the road are prime um, prime candidates for our services that we offer yeah, you actually started going uh, right into my next question right there. Uh, as of 2020, there are uh, 1.8 million electric vehicles, pure electric vehicles registered in the United States. And that accounts for fewer than 1% of all of the cars on the road in the United States. So for quick shop, uh, for quick loop shop owners, just for uh, aftermarket shop owners in general, it can be kind of hard to, to find that balance of planning for the future, marketing EV services, but then also realizing that, you know, the average age of vehicles getting older and older every year, I believe it's what, right around 12 years old right now is the, the average age yes. of, a, of a vehicle. Um, the vehicles yep. that are on the road right now are still going to be on the road in 10 years, in 12 years. All of those new internal combustion vehicles that'll be sold through uh, the next decade, those are going to be on the road road for the next 20, 30 years. So for yeah. shops that are kind of caught up in this, this EV fever, not really knowing what to do, how do you find that balance? How do your shops find that balance? Yeah. And, and I think, you know, part of, part of um, our responsibility as a franchisor um, is to help set the direction for that, right? The, the beauty that we have in the full speed organization is in addition to our franchised outlets, we've also got a substantial number of company-owned stores that we own and operate under our Grease Monkey, Speedy, and other brands as we've acquired them. And so we have the we have the ability to uh, to test certain um, new programs, new processes, etc. And in fact, our our um, our thoughts at this point is that as we look to develop um, the tools and the, the products and, and services that we need in that EV market, 
we can carve out a test market from, um, quite frankly, with either some of the uh, retail stores that we own or collaborating with some franchisees who may be more inclined to be looking toward the future to essentially flesh out what works, what doesn't work. There's a lot of uncertainty today, right? If, if, you're, a, if you're an independent operator, you know, how, do, how do you even begin to think about all the different things that you'll need to do to service these vehicles, let alone to, to understand you know, the, the potential implication to your, your overall business and, and profitability of the business, given the relatively small um, percentage of the car park that these cars represent. So, so our organization gives us the opportunity, just the way that we're structured, to test different things in different markets collaboratively with our franchisees or with with stores and markets that we control directly as we you know look ahead as to what our game plan is going to be to determine what's going to work um, what are the best sources for products all the kinds of things that ultimately you want to be able to roll out a program we have the opportunity to to test and learn from you keep uh, starting to get into my next questions with with the current one. So this is the last question Great for you. Great minds run on the same track. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so last question for you here. Uh, just as you were mentioning, you know, it's easy for FSA, or I guess easier for FSA than for independent shops to kind of plan out the trajectory of what all of your uh, franchisees will kind of look to do in terms of EV adoption. And for those independent shops and even for companies such as FSA, it could be really easy. And it is really easy to just kind of put off the EV transition, knowing that you're going to have business for the next 20, 30, 40 years solely in the ICE vehicle market. Uh, So it can be kind of difficult to make the investments into electric vehicles and repairing electric vehicles right now, just because it may not be the biggest return and it may not be the most profitable right now. But from from your experience, from everything you've just said, why is it important that FSA start looking into this? Why is it important that independent shops start looking into this and really preparing for this EV transition right now? Yeah, you know, and I, I would say it it's it's a good opportunity to begin to to think about it. We have the advantage of being able to, um, you know, make investments in certain markets, as I've talked about, or with certain stores to um to even dip our toe a little bit more i think there's also still a lot of questions right as to how quickly will this growth occur um some of the statistics that i've seen probably very comparable to yours is um you know less than 25 percent of the vehicles on the road actually one of the things i saw was less than 15 percent of the vehicles on the road will be fully Um, battery electric vehicles by 2040. I mean, that's a long, (laughs) long, long way away. And, you know, the the curve with how quickly things develop, in my mind, still remains to be seen, right? There's, there's infrastructure questions, how are, how are, how are the the parts that are needed and the components needed for battery manufacturing going to evolve given where we are today? Um, you know, the ability for charging stations throughout the, the country that, you know, enable longer, longer amounts of vehicles per trip, if you will. Um, and, and just the overall acceptance by the buying public 
um, of, of electric vehicles as time goes on um, are all, all big questions that, f- from my perspective, while we have the ability to flesh some of that out, if, if I'm an independent single store operator somewhere, I would keep my ear to the ground and I would, I would read um, National Oil and Lube News. I would, you know, attend the conventions that I could contend to understand how things are developing. Um, but I don't know that I'd go out there today and invest a whole lot of money in whatever equipment or technology is necessary until things start to unfold and develop um, more completely and more, you know, with a, with a clearer path as to how things are going to evolve. And that'll do it for us here on the Nolan Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Noah Brown, and we'll see you next week.